Hello and welcome back to Bush History. I'm David Bush and I'm continuing with my ongoing series of precedent-setting Supreme Court cases. This one is called Plessy versus Ferguson, 1896. Uh, certainly an incredibly important case to boot. The background is as interesting as the outcome. So let's understand the background in 1896 in the United States. In 1876, 20 years before Plessy versus Ferguson, Reconstruction effectively ended when Rutherford B. Hayes became president of the United States and troops were withdrawn from the South. Now, what that meant was segregation and Jim Crow was once again the law of the southern part of the United States, and there were local black codes and restrictions and segregation and separation. It was very normal for the time. Now, enter into this world is Homer Plessy. A little background about Homer Plessy. He was born in 1862 in New Orleans. His family was part of the French Creole Society, which kind of existed as a subset in New Orleans. They were white by all standards. Plessy grew up speaking French. His father died when Homer was only seven years old, and his mother remarried. Homer learned to fix shoes from his stepfather, and that would be his career. During the 1880s, he worked as a shoemaker for Patricio Brito in New Orleans. The city directories from 1886 to 1924 list his occupation as a shoemaker, a laborer, a clerk, and an insurance agent. He became politically interested as a young man and joined the Committee of Citizens. It was a civil rights group that included blacks, whites, and Creoles, and you can imagine they were probably very active in the 1880s and 1890s in Louisiana. So at age 30, shoemaker Homer Plessy was younger than most members of this committee. Compared to most members, he was undereducated. He was not as politically aware, but he had one major factor that was useful to them, and that's that he was seven-eighths white. And the term was called quadroon in those days. He could pass off as any other white man, and he would become pivotal in the Plessy versus Ferguson case because of it. And he also wanted to make an impact on society. But how could he do that? He was always interested in society, and he was always interested in making things better. So he became vice president of an educational reform society in 1880, and that was to work on reform in schools. And in 1892, he volunteered for what became Plessy versus Ferguson. The Committee of Citizens was looking for someone to test the local law, the separate car act that had been passed in Louisiana. So he volunteered to be the subject for what would become this famous case. The Committee of Citizens set up the situation for Plessy. Plessy's role was pretty simple. He had four tasks. Purchase a ticket, get on the train, get arrested, and get booked for violating the separate car act. And of course, he did all of those. On June 7th, 1892, 30-year-old Homer Plessy bought a first-class ticket on the East Louisiana Railroad running between New Orleans and Covington. He sat in the whites-only passenger car, and the conductor came along to collect his ticket. Well, Plessy volunteered that he was seven-eighths white and that he wasn't going to sit in a blacks-only car. The conductor asked him to do so. He refused to do so, and Plessy was arrested. He was released the next day on $500 bond, but now we had the case. Plessy's case was heard initially by John Howard Ferguson. Yes, that's the Ferguson in Plessy versus Ferguson. One month after his arrest, 
Plessy argued that his civil rights, as granted by the 13th and 14th Amendment of the Constitution, had been violated. Ferguson denied his argument and ruled that Louisiana, under state law, had the power to set rules that regulated railroad business within its borders. So here we go, off to the Supreme Court. The Louisiana State Supreme Court affirmed Ferguson's ruling, and as a result of that, Plessy is going to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. And what the U.S. Supreme Court is ultimately going to say is that separate but equal is constitutional. But let's restate some of this so we know what we're talking about. The state of Louisiana enacted a law that required separate railway cars for Plessy, who was seven-eighths Caucasian, took a seat in the whites-only car of a Louisiana train, and he refused to move, was arrested, and so begins the case. And the question then, is Louisiana's law mandating racial segregation on its trains an unconstitutional infringement on the privileges immunities, and equal protection clauses of the 14th Amendment. Well, it was a 7-1 decision affirming Ferguson. The 7-1 decision, it was written by Henry B. Brown for the majority. And he said that equal but separate accommodations for whites and blacks imposed by Louisiana do not violate the equal protection clause of the 14th Amendment. He goes on to say, and this is a quote, the state law is within constitutional boundaries. The majority opinion authored by Justice Henry Billings Brown upheld state-imposed racial segregation. The justices based their decision on the separate but equal doctrine that separate facilities for blacks and whites satisfied the 14th Amendment so long as they were indeed equal. The phrase separate but equal, by the way, is never mentioned in the ruling. Justice Brown conceded that the 14th Amendment intended to establish absolute equality for the races before the law, but Brown noted that In the nature of things, it could not have been intended to abolish distinctions based upon color or to enforce social as distinguished from political equality or a commingling of the two races unsatisfactory to either. In short, segregation does not in itself constitute unlawful discrimination. So you can see in 1896 how this would have been a very typical opinion for the court, and that's ultimately what we end up with. What happens? We get the precedent of separate but equal, and that precedent will stand until it's overturned in 1954 by Brown versus the Board of Education. So, in moving forward, consider that there are other videos available at my website, www.bushhistory.net, and uh, we'll see you again. Have a good day.